Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Crystal Silence League Hour, live from Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, on the LMC Radio Network, a show dedicated to open-minded discussion of spirituality, new thought, prayer, and the practical use of crystals. And now, your host, the Reverend John St. Germain. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Here we are once again, all together in spiritual companionship and camaraderie at the Crystal Silence League. Yes, yes, yes. The Crystal Silence League, which was founded in 1917 by magical adept Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon for the personal reasons known only to him after a uh, career as a vaudeville performer, and he made uh, scads of money and bought an island. Did you know he bought an island and lived on it? And uh, he told his son, he said, the more I know about people, the more I like my dogs. That's exactly what he told his son. Of course, in my case, the more I know about people, the more I like my cat, who is, uh, even as we speak, uh, knocking and clawing and scratching at the door of the office, the studio trying to get in so he can help. <clears throat> and by help, if you know cats, that means he wants to destroy everything um, in here um, uh, that I hold dear and is necessary to do the show. One time he did get in while I was doing the show, and uh, I spent every bit of the show trying to hold him at bay and uh, <laughs> and uh, while uh, Figaro, the, uh, the puma, um, uh, attempted to unplug everything and uh, tear the microphone down and uh, swing from the uh, cords and get under the desk and unplug everything. And uh, um, he's such a charming little fellow while he does this. And he uh, he goes, oh, trying to do a show, eh? Here, let me help. And um, the entire show was a, an exercise in uh, micromanaging during the show as well as keeping the cat away. And, and I kept texting everyone downstairs to come up and get Figaro, but they were involved in watching a movie and oblivious to the disasters that were going on. It's it quite an epic night. I should uh, get that show and uh, um, play it and give a running commentary about what was happening in the background while I was desperately attempting um, to uh, do a show and keep uh, Figaro, Satan on Earth, Cat, uh, from doing it. You know what I have in mind? I always think pass from this mortal coil and go into the afterlife and uh, you know it says my father's house has many mansions and I think that there's this nice little place reserved for me and I think I want to go there and you know in my 60 years I've had lots of cats lots of cats like dozens of cats and St. Peter will say well here's the key to your little house it's down there at the end of the stream in this nice little shaded wooded area, just like you always dreamed of having a little cabin in the woods. And it's really nice. Um, You're going to really like this cabin. But but I've got to warn you, um, you know, um, your cats are there. I'm going to go, oh, dear. And I'm going to open it up. And what should be a well-ordered little bachelor pad will have my dozens of cats in there. And they'll have utterly destroyed it. They'll go, oh, we've been waiting for you. And my curtains will be in shreds, and all the books will be knocked off the shelves, and all the breakable stuff will be in shattered. On all my coffee mugs, you know, just knocked off the off the shelves, and uh, everything in the cabinet, all the coffees and teas will be uh, scattered across the floor. And th- this will be my afterlife. You know this. You know, so is this is this heaven or is this hell? Is this Dante's uh, tenth circle of hell? You know, is that is that what we waiting for me? 
the cat house. Anyway, uh, that's what I get for, you know, every one of my cats were rescue cats, too. You know, I took them in from the street. So uh, you know, that's what I, I wake up from dreams. I wake up going, oh, no, no. You know, that, that's, what I, that's what I dream. That's what I expect is waiting for me when I lay down my burden, when I lay my burden down. Oh, my cats will be waiting for me. And the law won't to be fed at a different hour of the 24 hours of the day. Every one of them will be wanting to be fed at a different hour. That's that's what I dream of. So um, no rest for the reverend. No rest for the reverend. The Crystal Silence League um, resurrected from the silence about – uh, well, I don't know, uh, 2007, 2009, I should look it up in the book. I have it here somewhere. Um, by the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church for the purpose of um, continuing Mr. Conlon's work. And you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And our gift shop is up and running, and you can buy books and crystals and all sorts of paraphernalia for um, <clears throat> spiritual work tools, if you will, of spiritual advancement. You can surely get those. Well, my goodness, what should we do? What, how should we start? Um, let's resurrect the spirit of Benjamin Rucker. What should we do, sir? And now, it's time for our Crystal of the Week. plays a mean bongo, doesn't he? Wow. A uh, crystal of the week is a, a, a fascinating stone. As I delve into the uh, lore of crystals, I find all these very interesting things. And many eons ago, what we now know as the Himalayas was swamp. It was swamp. India and Tibet, the whole area, was swampland. And it had lots of vegetation and uh, uh, animal life, and uh, apparently there was an ocean at one time because there were seashells, there's uh, mollusks. And as the mountains that are now known as the Himalayas thrust themselves from the earth, uh, all this vegetation and animal life and vegetable and mollusks were compressed into a very interesting type of stone that we now call the Miriam stone, sometimes called the calligraphy stone, sometimes called cobra stone, uh, sometimes called elephant skin stone. And if you see the picture of this thing, it's unbelievable. It's like uh, someone painted this because inside that stone is animal, mineral, and vegetable matter compressed down. Um, it's a form of jasper. And like a lot of the jasper, you see ocean jasper and Picasso jasper and all this other stuff. It's very beautiful. And when you see this Miriam stone, it's just unbelievably complex in its uh, design. And this is because it's got all this vegetable and animal uh, seashells and all this other stuff that was compressed by the weight of these um, tectonic shifts um, into these fascinating stones. And um, um, sometimes it's called a calligraphy stone, although there's uh, another type of stone also called a calligraphy stone, and there's some debate about which is the real calligraphy stone. But there it is, the um, Miriam stone, it's called. It looks like someone painted these designs on the and uh, um, uh, very often they are in um, triangular shapes. And uh, I, I know that um, uh, there's a vast supply of these in India. Uh, they're very popular among fakirs and uh, practitioners of meditative absorption. And they're used in many spiritual exercises. Um, <clears throat> uh, they're uh, kind of a golden brown in color. They'll have streaks of every other color in them because of the uh, a variety of matter that's found in it. Um, and uh, they are uh, uh, very pretty, and they're used quite a bit um, in healing of all sorts. Uh, and um, 
They're used for emotional balance, for lifting spirits, for uh, stabilizing uh, uh, moodiness, emotional moodiness, um, uh, helping to achieve balance for people. Um, they uh, help move past uh, emotional upset, trauma. Um, I have a big uh, skull, uh, a Miriam Stone skull. It's a about the size of a uh, cue ball on one of my altars. Um, good for head work. Good for um, getting your head straight. Um, a very calming stone. Um, when you're going through distressing times, it's a good stone to just kind of hold and sit with. The uh, um, As uh, the theme we've been working on is uh, mental discipline, focus, um, getting getting a grip on yourself. Um, it's uh, a stone that I know has been used in some practices in um, India for um, facing difficult tasks. Uh, it raises your um, your courage, and um, um, for substituting unwholesome mind states with wholesome mind states. So um, it, it's a, a, a stone associated with refining your mental state from negative states to positive states and uh, a very high energy stone it draws upon uh like petrified wood would um uh, different kingdoms and uh, um there is a uh, a belief among people who call it the uh, elephant skin stone that it can improve memory and it can improve determination. Those who associate it with the cobra say that uh, during certain times of year, you can rub it and it can manifest your fondest wish. Um, it's been used for mediumship and past life regression. This is a very versatile stone, but that is our um, Miriam stone. And um, I find it very, um, uh, a very interesting stone uh, to use. That's our stone of the week. Uh, yes, it can be used for uh, elixirs. I'd put it in a sealed container and uh, immerse it in water and let it uh, soak in the sun or in the moon and um, then remove it and add a few drops of brandy into the water to keep it from growing yucky mold and then continue on with your work. Continue on with your work with it. The... Um, <clears throat> Um, you know the news um, that I've been I've been thinking about lately is that um, um, I've been dealing with the tree that is uh, trying to lay on my garage and um, looked at the property lines and you know uh, the city in old properties have uh, redivided properties and I found the property line goes right through my garage, which is very interesting and uh, apparently this doesn't seem to be a problem. Um, it's not like my neighbor can come over and say, hey, you have to move your garage uh, because these property lines have been grandfathered in, which just lets you know how um, ephemeral property lines and borders are. You know, we're, uh, uh, we have um, so much um, antagonism over borders and lines, and the property line goes right through my garage. There's about six feet of my garage that um, – Apparently is on what used to be an alley. It's on. It's not on a neighbor's property. It's on the city. There's a what used to be an alley, and part of my garage apparently goes through it. This is particularly interesting because the tree that's laying on my um, garage is halfway on my property and halfway on the city property. So whose uh, responsibility is it to remove the tree, mine or the city? That's exactly what we're going through right now. I've removed the top of the tree, and I'm going to let the city remove the rest of it. And that's what we're going through. But it um, it reminded me of a story that um, my uncle told me once about two farmers, and it turned out that there was a um, uh, a property dispute over six inches of land, and it turned out that the pro the one farmer had put his crops on what he thought was his land, and it turned out that six inches of land uh, is in dispute with his neighbor. So 
rather than go to court, um, uh, the farmer said to his neighbor, he said, well, you know, we should settle this the old country way. And his neighbor said, well, what is that? He goes, oh, it's the old country way. And uh, he said, um, <clears throat> he said, well, what, we'll, what we'll do is this. He said, um, one of us will kick the other one in the groin, and then then the other one will kick the other one in the groin. And we keep doing this until the other until one of us can't stand up. And whoever last one standing, the property will belong to him. He said, it's the old country way. He said, I never heard of that. He goes, yeah, it's the old country way. That's how it will do. And he said, and in fact, he said, I'll go first since it's my idea, and then I'll kick you in the groin, then you can kick me in the groin. And he goes, well, I guess if it's the old country, that's what we'll do. So the fellow who suggested the idea – now, remember, these are farmers, and they're wearing those old clodhopper boots, right, with the steel toes. He rears back, and from the ground up, he kicks his neighbor in the groin, and the guy falls down on the ground, rise in agony the breath knocked out of his body and it takes him about five minutes to recover and he stands up and he goes okay my turn brace yourself i'm going to kick you and the guy who suggested that i said oh never mind you can keep the ground you see it's the old country way and now we'll pause for station identification LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. The time approaches for our weekly prayer service. If you are so inclined, join us at crystalsilenceleague.org to see this week's prayer request. And we are over at the prayer request page. And uh, I'm sorry that my voice is going. I seem to have a cold. And uh, it's this weather. It's uh, 70 degrees one day and 20 degrees the next. And that's Knoxville weather for you. And... Uh, you know, uh, it turns out we have like 23 seasons. We have uh, fake spring, uh, bluebird winter, then ha-ha, gotcha spring, then um, kick you in the butt winter, then fake winter, then uh, break your heart spring. We have like 23, um, uh, almost summer, then hell summer, then uh, um, uh Sneak up on you, spring. We have we have like twenty three seasons here. It's uh, it's crazy. But while the uh, <clears throat> so if my voice goes out, um, I'll end the show early because truly I, I can lose my voice when uh, something like this happens. I start talking like this, and it's really kind of scary. The uh, but we'll start we'll start our prayers, and um, we're on the uh, um, crystalsilenceleague.org prayer page, and so we'll start with the prayer numbers and. Um, Prayer number 102776, who says, Romance is in bloom, that Elle and I grow closer in the next few months, and that romance blooms. Amen. Well, I sure hope so. It's spring, uh, sort of spring in the air. Romance should be blooming for everyone. Prayer ID 102775 says, Please pray that my son keeps his job and finds new interests and satisfaction in it as the nature of the job changes. Please help my son continue to grow in maturity and support him as he learns to navigate new aspects of his job, which are being added soon. Amen. And prayer ID 102774. I pray that the two brothers who are manipulating and bothering me finally leave me and my family alone. Amen. 
And prayer ID 102773. Please pray that my biopsy and other tests come back clear and cancer-free. And please pray my medical procedures go smoothly. Amen. And prayer ID 102772, who says, Please pray to loosen all the binds on all the works of my hands and on all my projects and job applications and all delays, opposition to all my projects, and I pray that it shall be removed immediately, that the financial floodgates of heaven shall immediately open up for me in this time of great need. In Jesus' name, amen. And prayer ID 102763, I ask that you remove evil spirits from my house. Pray for protection from harm. Amen. And prayer ID 102761, I need prayer to stop the evil KMR and her cohort courts constantly doing spiritually and psychically to hurt my finances. And prayer ID 102758, um, praying for his girlfriend, it says she is under pressure on many places at once, including the death of her mother. I ask that she have wisdom in her choices, peace about her mother, and a quieting of her aching heart. Amen. And prayer ID 102757. Please help us pray for A and B, reconciliation, patience, trust, and continue to love. Thank you. And prayer ID 102755, it says, thank you for reading this. Pray for ACB to come back to me again, act like a gentleman, communicate with me, and stay with me for good. We're soulmates, twin flames. He need, you know, soulmates and twin flames aren't the same thing. He, he needs to be more patient, mature, and flexible. We both want marriage, and tiny silly things have gotten between us. Pray that we spend a lot of time together to improve our relationship and address past issues and misunderstandings. And pray that we only have love and understanding between us and that he won't give up on us. Amen. And prayer ID 102753. Can you imagine? We have over 100,000 prayers now. Um, Please pray for me that I might be able to get pregnant. Do you pray that I might be able to have a baby naturally from my own egg, a healthy baby with no problems? Thank you. Please help me to continue to heal and fast. Amen. Prayer ID 102757. Please let my health insurance problems get straightened out as quickly as possible. Amen. And prayer ID 102750. Praying that my 2005 Nissan Pathfinder is fixed today and does not cost a lot of money to get fixed. Thank you. We get prayers for cars sometimes. And uh, prayer ID 102745. Please pray that my last employer will unanimously agree to immediately release my last pay with my full 13th month, including complying with local labor laws so I can continue to provide for my loved ones. This we claim in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's see. um, Prayer ID 102733. I ask for prayers for my mother to heal from her current health issues. She's having a problem with her ear. Not sure yet if it's tinnitus, and also she has her rheumatoid arthritis, which causes her pain on a daily basis. She loses sleep over it. I pray that she finds relief and healing from these conditions. I pray that my mom lives many more years to come in good health because she's truly needed. Lord, please bless Elle with healing and continuous good health. Amen. Let's just have a couple more Um Prayer ID 102721. May D's mom, HM, recover fully and be happy and healthy, radiant and joyful. Amen. And prayer ID 102720. Dear God, please let the charges against BM be dropped in the court. And there's a long number of the docket, I think. Um, Let it be shown that I'm innocent in the eyes of judges, H and RW. God, please let St. Esfidi 
bring fast results, and for St. Michael to protect me from evil foes and demons, so may it be. Amen. Well, let's have a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of comfort, reconciliation with loved ones, and freedom from oppression. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We've been talking about uh, mental states. We were talking about the uh, paramitas, the uh, blessed states. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, If we have time, we have about half an hour to kill. And uh, I've been, um, I don't know, listening um, a lot. We've reached... uh, it's interesting. There's a, an actual psychological state. I've been uh, listening to people talk about psychologists. So say we're hitting we're hitting the COVID wall, the uh, isolation wall. Uh, people are experiencing fatigue, the COVID fatigue, and uh, you know we're seeing evidence of this. Uh, you know, Texas is uh you know the Texas governor is lifting the mask ma- mandate and opening Texas even though we are really not ready for things like and Florida is doing the same apparently in some places and we're on the verge we're on the verge a couple of months away from having the entire country covered with the vaccine and uh, you know people are uh becoming irrational because of the COVID wall, right? We've hit this point of utter frustration and um, uh, irrationality. Uh, It's like, oh, we can't take this anymore. And um, we have this uh, tendency. Man man is an ambitious creature. The human animal is an ambitious creature. It's hardwired. Uh, in us through evolutionary necessity. Um, we all have goals we want to achieve. We get frustrated when we can't, when we're blocked. It's basic uh, to the human condition. And we start out with these uh, expectations of how things should be, um, expectation of success. Um, but And we inevitably in the world encounter, uh, encounter obstacles and setbacks. And this can be discouraging and frustrating. And there seems to be only a certain amount of frustration that um, we can take before we um, uh, start acting rationally. Um, you know, if we weren't ambitious, we'd still be living in trees and caves, and we might never have crawled out of the ocean onto the land at all. Uh, that primordial ooze uh, even seemed to be ambitious. And uh, we have this instinctive drive to do better and to raise ourselves uh, to. Um, uh, you know, a more propitious environment. And the world doesn't always cooperate with us, though, with our efforts to better ourselves. And this road to uh, a better life, uh, to a higher state, uh, 
um, is uh, is always thrown with potholes and obstructions and uh, those things that look like uh, uh, jacks, uh, caltrops, uh, broken glass and stuff. Um, and success depends on having um, a handful of effective strategies um, for handling these setbacks and hindrances when you encounter them. And uh, anticipation and preparation are really very valuable. Uh, no one anticipated a plague. And it's very interesting to, to me that, uh, you know, if you read social media and religious people say, you know, that's the devil. But if you read your Bible, uh, plagues and um, pestilence comes from God. Satan uh, <laughs> had nothing to do with pestilence and plague. Um, these these were given us by God, but I'm not I'm not even going to go there. Uh, you know, actually, plagues and pestilence are products of nature, but uh, um, but we have to anticipate and prepare for um, setbacks and um, uh, uh, hindrances. And um, so, if we understand that the world. Uh, it can be tough, um, that things aren't always going to be easy. This is a great first step. Um, there was a um, – apparently a um, – uh, one of the people I subscribe to uh, is uh, – one, one of the people that's one of my Facebook friends is David Gerald, who is a writer. He's a science fiction writer. He wrote The, the Trouble with Tribbles, the Star Trek episode. And he said that apparently there's a um, – a significant number of people who are complaining and blaming the uh, directors of certain series because they come out once a week. And uh, this apparently is a great hardship for some people. Uh, I'm assuming these are younger people because, you know, I grew up with weekly series and um, that was actually part of the experience. You know, you'd watch an episode of say Twin Peaks and then talk about it all week and say, well, you know, what's going to happen? You know, what's what's this guy going to do? You know, what this what is this woman going to do? What's going to happen? And then you anticipated the next episode, and uh, apparently uh, people were castigating the director because uh, he didn't dump load everything so it can be binge-watched. Um, and I'm thinking if the worst thing in your life is that you can't binge-watch a show, then, um, you know, my goodness, you're very lucky. Um, so. Uh, uh, preparing for hardship and anticipating that things are not going to go your way is is a very important thing. But and, and it seems obvious. But how often um, do do we complain about events that didn't fall into place either as quickly or as easily as we hope? And um, prepare preparing against setbacks and preparing against slow times and um, I know many uh, businesses, many people who go into self-employment uh, fail because they didn't um, prepare for slow times. They didn't prepare. They didn't properly fund. And uh, I, I always advise – I've talked to a lot of people because of the the COVID thing where people had to work at home, and they say, I'd like to do this full-time. I'd like to go into business myself. And I say, I always advise anyone doing that, have at least six months and preferably a year of operating expenses stashed away before you quit your day job. And uh, some of these delays can be blessings in disguise. Um, downtime is necessary um, to reflect on your plans, to make adjustments. Um, and um, sometimes if you don't put aside time for yourself, uh, the world will do it for you. And um, rather than wasting uh, downtime um, texting friends and uh, cruising around on Facebook, um, that downtime can be put to very profitable use by planning your next step. Um, <clears throat> then there's a, uh, a thing I always call, I call it define and reflect. And um, this is how uh, you uh, uh, avoid panicking. <laughs> it helps calm your panic when some unexpected event just stops you dead in your track. Um, and I came up with this in the 90s, um, 1990s, um, uh, as a tactic for dealing with hostile or irrational people. And uh, and I realized it was a way to deal with almost any stressful event. 
Um, and the idea is that you, you take a mental step back from any situation that's causing you stress. You emotionally detach from it entirely, and then you define it. You just take a moment to define exactly what's happening because once you define a situation, um, you have control over it. You're not powerless anymore, and you're less likely to panic. Um, and For instance, um, in dealing with a hostile person, um, I listen – I define the message behind whatever they're saying, um, behind the rant. And very rarely does does anger literally address the issue uh, that triggers the hostility. And if a person's accusing you of something you didn't do, um, try to define the event that triggered the hostility. Then you reflect on that incident and try to devise ways to diffuse or avert the situation rather than escalating it. And um, uh, one of the uh, particularly pernicious uh, situations is somebody uh, verbally assaults you over being one of those um, phony or uh, immoral uh, psychics who exploit vulnerable people, right? And you get that um, uh, if you're in this business. So rather than becoming defensive, um, I'll listen to the message behind the words. Um, obviously, somebody had some negative experiences with some unscrupulous people, and I would reflect the message back. Obviously, this guy or this woman, this person had some bad experiences with somebody who was unscrupulous. So I, I will reflect. I'll say, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for being suspicious. There's a lot of dishonest people out there in every profession, and I don't blame you for being suspicious about it. And what I find in like 95% of the cases, people aren't expecting that. You know, they expect an argument. They expect uh, defense, and the anger soon goes away. You know, they're like, well, I'm really not expecting – you know, I don't blame you for being skeptical of, you know, this sort of thing. There there are a lot of dishonest people out there in every profession, and, you know, you should be suspicious. You know, you should be um, um, careful. Um, you know, I don't blame you, and uh, I've even told some people – they say, well, I don't believe in psychics, and I say, well, I don't blame you. I don't believe in half of them, <laughs> you know, um, um, and uh, – uh, I remember one time um, I, I took that I, I just reflected you know this guy said, oh, I think what you do is a bunch of bullshit I said well you're right what I do is a bunch of bullshit and he really wasn't expecting that and you know and I laughed at I said you, you know you're right what I do is a bunch of bullshit and uh, and we, we had a really good conversation after that and he got a reading from me and uh, you know he became a, like a big fan uh, so uh, the idea is to diffuse a situation by um, defining it so that you understand it and you reflect it. And you can do this in any situation that's causing you stress. You define it, and then you have control over it. But sometimes the crisis isn't personal like that. It can be financial. And uh, maybe you owe more money than you, you're making. And so define the situation and write it down if you have to. Are you overextending your budget? Do you need a second job? Do you need to cut back on unnecessary spending? You know, maybe cable television, eating out, buying things on Amazon, and it's not an intellectual exercise. Um, I had a friend um, in a panic over his bills, and he said, "Man, you got to help me with this. I, I just can't. I, I, I can't do it." And so he was, and I, I said, "Well, let's go down and budget." And he had never even had heard the idea of a budget. Never had no idea. Um, and uh, had no idea about it. So I said, let's write down everything for two weeks that you spend. I mean, everything that you everything everything you buy. It turned out he was spending over twelve hundred a month on Amazon and iTunes and pay per view, um, impulse buying. Um, I mean, twelve hundred dollars a month. Can you dig it? Um, and he had trouble paying his rent and utilities. Um, I had a client who was always. Uh, Calling me and wanting to burn money, burn candles for money, and I said, "Honey, you don't need to be buying candles for money, you know, to burn." Let's, and she she was burning gambling uh, vigils to uh, help her with gambling, 
and, and she, she was about to get evicted. She couldn't pay her rent. I said, honey, you need to stay away from the casinos. <laughs> How much money are you going to these casinos? And uh, uh, so I said, let's talk about this thing where you're going to the casinos every weekend. So now you can spend your money any way you want to. You know, I probably spend a hundred dollars a month at Starbucks, right? But you know what? I can pay my bills. I'm paying my bills. So, if I want to spend a hundred dollars a month at Starbucks, I, I damn well can. Um, I'm putting money in my IRA. I'm paying my bills. I damn well can. You know, um, I probably shouldn't, but you know, I buy something for me and something for my son and something for my granddaughter. And you know, my dog gets a pup cup. That's free, but you know, I can afford to do it. I'm 60 years old, and I can afford to do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to. You know, honestly, I could die tomorrow. Every day for me is like a gift, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to live a life of a monk. If I wanted to live a life of a monk, I take the ochre robe, right? So, every obstacle contains the seed of its own solution, and every obstacle is a gift. Every obstacle is a gift. It's it is a gift. It, it is a opportunity for you to use your brain, for you to engage your brain, and uh, I, I, I firmly believe this. If we can understand this obstacle, we see that it is a gift, and we usually find uh, a way to engage the brain and and come up with a way to rise above it and improve. We live in this fast-paced, instant download world, and it seems that everybody wants some, everything right now. But there's one old law that still holds true, that anything worth achieving is worth the effort to achieve it. It's worth the time you put in to achieve it, no matter how much effort and how much time it takes. And so it doesn't, it doesn't pay, though, to worry if your goal seems to take longer than you planned. It's not possible to anticipate all the infinite variables that can be encountered between point A and point B when point A is you and point B is your destiny, right? Um, um, and there's an interesting um, experiment you can make six weeks after Christmas and I always like to do this, look at the for sale ads on Facebook Marketplace or in uh, the one ads or whatever, and look at what everybody is selling. There's exercise equipment and musical instruments. Because everybody said, okay, for Christmas I want to get exercise equipment. I want to get, I'm going to get in shape, my New Year's resolution. Or I want, I want to learn to play a guitar. Yeah, I'm going to learn to play. I'm going to finally learn to play a guitar. Well, six weeks later, that's about the attention span. That's that's about the time when people realize it's really hard to stick with an exercise program, and it's really hard to learn to play a musical instrument. It's really hard. People decide they're going to be the guitar hero, right? They're going to, they're going to get that six-pack abs. Well, about six weeks into it, uh, they realize, you know, I'm really not going to stick with this, and they're tripping over the weights or the guitar is in the corner. And it makes them feel bad to look at it because they're not going to follow it through. Um, the dropout point seems to be about six weeks. And if you want to buy exercise equipment cheap or you want to pick up musical instruments inexpensively, wait six weeks or eight weeks after Christmas. Um, I bought a really good piano um, um, one time about two months after Christmas. They, the, the, um, the guy said, yeah, my wife's tired of um, – uh, running into it, she wants it out of the house, and uh, um, then the next big one is six months after Christmas. You can really get some stuff six months after Christmas. They get tired of it. So perseverance um, uh, means stick with it, and that requires determination, not to be easily discouraged. And um, now I'm very bad about it. Um, when things don't go my way, I whine and complain and. Um, have a period where it's like, you know, oh my God, it's the end of the world. And then I, I, I it's like my attention span is very short with that though. I, I'll say, you know, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Nothing's ever going to go right. And then about 15 minutes later, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, time to dust off and, and get back to work. But I do, I do have that period, um, uh, that doom and gloom. And uh, my, uh, 
my good lady wife has learned to just ignore me about it. She doesn't even pay attention to me. She used to you know, say, oh, come on, it's all right. And uh, no, no, it's the end of the world. Uh, all, all things have come to an end. It's the end of eternity. Yeah, and uh, But it, it's just a purging. I, ha- I have to get it out. just have to get it out. And um, 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 the true test of perseverance is the ability to hang on during slow times. Anybody can survive during times of prosperity. Businesses pop up overnight during times of prosperity. Anybody can survive and flourish during that time. But true longevity comes during slow times, right? Um, And back in the 90s, I learned this very valuable lesson from some contractor friends. If you're a self-employed individual, don't build up your lifestyle to the point where you can't maintain it during slow seasons. Live a lifestyle as if every time is a slow season. And I went into business for myself in the early 80s. Um, And during that time, I've survived um, four or five, I guess now is economic recession, isn't it? So this is my fifth economic recession. And um, so during that time, I've seen a whole lot of people enter businesses during prosperous times and drop out when times became tougher. Um, I've been in uh, the public speaking business, entertainment, and, you know, like right now, a lot of people in entertainment um, who were doing really, really well and living very uh, prominently are now, you know, with COVID, no live entertainment, right? So they had to retool, and many of them are trying to do shows on Zoom and stuff. Um, and I'm not sure how well many of them are doing, but I know a lot of them built their lifestyle up quite prestigiously. And they did not – I don't think they put a whole lot of money aside to get them through the slow times. Um, I live a very simple life, and I put the bulk of my money in uh, savings and retirement. So moderation is a valuable survival tactic. And visualization, uh, it's a mighty force if it's properly utilized. And um, if you've defined and described and def- um um, learned uh, how to step back and objectify things. Um, if you define whatever obstacles are between um, you and your goals, there's lots of visualization techniques. Um, you can visualize the, the obstacle dissolving, um, uh, you know, like a block of ice under your withering heat vision gaze. Um, you can uh, be more forceful and a, a battering ram obliterating the obstacle. Um, if it involves other people, you can practice silent influence with your crystal ball. Um, visualize the spirits of your friends and ancestors, um, your family um, uh, ahead of you, around you, standing next to you, advising you, leading you toward your goal. Uh, there's visualize other spiritual assistance, uh, angelic intervention. Um, use uh, crystal ball projection and attraction. Um, as we're taught, crystal silence league. Um, many techniques, many of these general techniques um, can, can help with these um, um, tough times that we're dealing with. Um, and we can't let. Um, something as insubstantial as um, uh, a tiny virus um, stop us. And uh, we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, And some time ago, uh, a friend of mine, I I stay in touch with him. Uh, He he sells uh, CBD oil now and doing quite well. I buy uh, CBD-infused coffee from him. Um, He was struggling, and he completely couldn't get off the ground. And everything fizzled for him. Uh, market strategies, uh, people he hired disappeared. He'd missed, just, just missed his opportunities. And he said, he said, John, I think I suffer from bad luck. And, uh, and I thought about it, and I had my own ideas about the inner workings of luck. And uh, I, I once suffered from bad luck, too. I was always, uh, as they say, a day late and a dollar short. And then I realized that most of my bad luck were the fruits of my own self-defeating action. And I'm going to tell you, most people don't like to hear that. They don't like to hear that most of your problems are stemming from seeds that you plant. 
and most people get really mad if you tell them that. But once I began thinking proactively, I found that my um, this whole idea that I was a victim of circumstances seemed to be unrealistic, and um, prosperity and uh, luck improved. So um, I don't think luck just happens. It doesn't fall from the sky. Um, to bless some people while others miss out and are doomed to misfortune. I have seen people who seem to have a charmed life. Um, there, there does seem to be something to karma, but if you, if you seem to have bad karma or bad luck, there are things you can do to help improve it. So I spoke with my friend for a long time about changing his mental programming so that this external reality would change uh, in response to his thinking. Um, now, I I am a hypnotist, and I said, maybe with you we can do some hypnotic suggestions. So I distilled the, the ideas that I had about luck. I had never really thought about it, but I had some attitudes about luck. So I distilled these ideas into four affirmations, and I helped him enter a lot state of hypnotic induction, and I repeated these suggestions to him over and over, and it worked really well. Oh, my goodness, he uh, – he turned everything around, and uh, he reported his progress over the next few weeks, and it, it's like everything just reversed itself, and he, he, he attracted better customers and more reliable help, um, and, and he said, he said it's like by pure chance. I just started meeting influential people, and I said, we don't believe in coincidence or chance in this business, you know, man, and he bought a scratch-off ticket and won $50, and uh, – and I said, I said, yes, timing is everything in this. And I'll, I'll tell you what these four affirmations are. And um, uh, these are four simple axioms. And um, I'll tell you what they are. One, luck is a matter of timing. And the affirmation that I said, repeat this, I will be in the right place at the right time. I'll become sensitive to opportunities that lead to fortunate outcomes. I'll avoid situations that lead to unfortunate outcomes, and I'll quit giving control to external influences over my fate. And number two is that luck is a byproduct of planning. I'll program my decisions, both conscious and subconscious, the small and the large, to build up to greater and greater fortune and success. And number three is luck follows luck. I'll surround myself with successful, positive people and avoid negative and unproductive people. And number four, I will claim my luck. There's a storehouse of luck in the universe waiting for me. I'm ready to claim it, to enjoy the fruits of success, and to shoulder the responsibilities of fortune and success. And now I'll tell you the trick that I, I did for my friend. I said, every time you see the color red, you will think of number one. I'll be in the right place at the right time. And every time you see the color blue, You'll think of number two, luck is a byproduct of planning. And every time you see the color yellow, you'll think of number three, luck follows luck. And every time you think you see the color green, you'll think of number four, I will claim my luck. And I had him repeat this over and over and over again. And I said, as you go through your life, as you walk through the world, every time you see these four colors, subconsciously and consciously, you will think of these four axioms, and there will be programmed again and again and again until your thinking becomes automatic of these. Every time you see these four colors, red, yellow, blue, and green, the world itself will remind you of this. And this was the trick that I taught him. And, he, you know, he wrote these down, right, so that he would remind himself. But there was no need for him to do that because, you know, the hypnotic state would have done this. And so, of course, every time he saw red, boom, luck is a matter of timing. Every time he saw blue, boom, luck is a byproduct of planning. And this, uh, this simple trick changed everything for him. And, um, uh, you know, for me, since I had uh, uh, integrated um, these uh, principles uh, without really formulating them, I guess, just over time, I just realized these things that – your life has to be structured in such a way that your small decisions build up to your big decisions uh, so that you don't uh, set yourself up to run headlong into failure like dominoes falling. Um, you know, you, you, you avoid uh, an action, and then that leads uh, – like dominoes falling, a snowball rolling downhill – 
to a uh, a huge thing, you know, down, you know, you forget to pay a bill and then you get evicted, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you impulse buy a bunch of stuff and then you don't have money to pay your rent. Why do these things always happen to me? Well, because, boom, you know, why can't I meet someone nice? Why is it every time I get in a relationship, you know, th- these bad things happen? Well, because of your relationship filter, you know, you're, you're choosing romantic partners that are you know, going to stab you in the back. You know, these are choices you make. It's not luck. Uh, I've had clients say, well, I asked God to send me um, somebody and God sent me this person that totally screwed me. God didn't do it. God did not send you this person just because you, okay, dear God, send me somebody. And the next day you meet somebody, (laughs) correlation is not causation, right? (laughs) You know? That's that's not, that's not got anything to do with it. Just because you you, you prayed for something, you know, I, I prayed that I pray for God to give me a a package of Necco wafers, you know, um, uh, because I stubbed my toe. I say I prayed for God to give me some Necco wafers, and I stubbed my toe. He's punishing me because I want some Necco wafers. That's uh, correlation is not cause not causation, um, you know that. Because you made a bad decision, you can't blame God. You know, Jesus, I get tired of people. But um, the um, um, anyway, you can't blame God for your bad decisions. You can't blame fate. You can't blame karma. Oh, I prayed to God to uh, send me the, the the house of my dreams, and then uh, the next day I saw a for sale sign, so I bought the house, and it fell in on me. You know, why did God do that? God, God is not responsible for your stupid mistakes. You know, you cannot blame external forces for the mistakes we make. So luck is a byproduct of planning, matter of timing, etc. Well, we're getting down there to the wire. Uh, once again, we've wasted an entire hour um, um, that you can't get back. So <laughs> we'll talk again, and my voice held up. So we will uh, meet again next week, and. Uh, um, man, maybe I shouldn't make a promise. I don't know if I can keep or not, but we'll try. We'll try to meet again next week. And um, as always, the Reverend Reverend Saint Germain loves you, and um, we all take care. And maybe next week we'll all have stories to tell. Talk to you later. This has been the Crystal Silence League Hour. Heard exclusively on the LMC Radio Network. Join us next time for spiritual fellowship and discussion of spirituality, prayer, and advice on the practical use of crystals. It's been 30 days since the county bought it up a window and took the kids away. A simple life disappeared on tiptoe. Talking to a maid who reads tomorrow's past and present mysteries. He's an Eastern band, Cherokee, rich with family history. He shepherds the church of divine harmony, serving lost. Lambs of Knoxville, Tennessee He faithfully prays with the crystal Silence League Reverend St. Germain Operates the jacket beads at nightly Hanging from a chain He sealed his and wax and wound it tightly Sweet with white cologne Clearing paths of sandalwood and chicory Decorating homes With babies for a strong instead of victory He shepherds the church of divine harmony Serving the lost lambs of Knoxville, Tennessee He faithfully prays with